Alright guys, hello and welcome to episode number 26 of the RDO podcast. Uh, I'm back. I'm back. Special shout out to Josh. Mm, uh, Josh. Josh Barnett. Great job, mate. Uh, obviously you had some big fat shoes to fill, but you did a great job. Mm. Um, as you can probably hear in my voice, I'm still currently recovering from my second bout of tonsillitis that I've had in the last few weeks. Because my son, who has just turned one, shout out to Nate Dog as well. Uh, and shout out to my wife and I for keeping him alive for 12 months. Um, but yeah, he, he's been going to daycare and it's been absolutely destroying my immune system because he keeps bringing home everything under the sun. Mm. So Josh, when my son successfully uh, succeeds in murdering me, uh, mate, you'll just slot you straight in. You might be full-time, full-time ringing. Yeah, 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 you might be full-time. Yeah. Right? So, but no, um, well done, well done. Really appreciated it. Uh, obviously, the content is not my bag. But I think the fact that you guys are so passionate about and so knowledgeable on the subjects, I found really, really interesting as well, too. So hopefully a few more of your audio, audio geeks out there really enjoyed that last week, too. Mm. And we'll do those from time to time as well. Cool. Cool. So what's happening now? Are we going to go straight into it, or do you want to talk about... So you've talked about your... Yeah, that was a very brief rundown. I've just been sick, and Nate turned one. That's about it, really. I think we just get... Let's just get straight into it. Let's get straight into it. So A lot of big stuff happening at the moment. But one is bigger than every, everything else. Mm-hmm. And everyone's spoken about it. And I did say to Jason through the week, I'm like, I wanted to do it earlier, but he's right that the story was going to develop over time. And it yeah. definitely has. So this is the GameStop story. Mm-hmm. So now everyone's probably heard uh, versions of it. I've, I've done stat, I've been following it very closely. I've mm-hmm. done stacks of research on it. But I think... A lot of the research that I'd done had missed the real ramifications of this. So I want to go through that as well. But for the uninitiated, I've, I've written some notes down and I want to go through in stages how this all fits together. Yeah. Okay. Because it is very complicated. And if you just listen to one form of media, you're only going to get a very small snippet of the story. But it's very... This is the biggest financial impact to markets since the global financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And no one has no one has said that. Mm. Okay, so, and I'll tell you why it's significant. But yeah, let me start. I understand full well why no no one is yeah, saying yeah. it too. Yeah. Let me start with a, a personal story about my own investing journey. Mm-hmm. Years and years ago, I was in a car. I heard an ABC story about uh, about a, a certain trade in um, in another country that was going to go mental. So I thought, actually, that makes sense here. When, when we get to that stage here in Australia, that'll kick off as well. So I researched and found a company that I thought was in line with those, those things. They were very cheap. I'm talking eight cents a share. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got it at eight cents. Just sat on They really did nothing for, for years. But then one, one day I noticed that it's starting to surge. Eight to 13 cents, 13 cents to 22 cents. All This is in the one day. And I got an email at the, the close of trade. I got an email saying that a bank had purchased $50 million worth of these shares. Mm. It surged in the next couple of days. It went all the way up to 77 cents. Wow. Okay, so I'm going like, this is insane. Yeah. This, is, this is crazy. The very next day, I got another email saying they'd sold them all. And <laughs> I were out and it went straight back down to 7 cents. Right. So that's what's known as a pump and dump. Yeah. Where if you've got a lot of capital to throw at something, you you, you, you jump on uh, and then all the us retail investors go, wow, this thing's going through the roof. Get on it. We go and 
um, throw some capital at it, mm-hmm. and then it drives the, the share price up. Drives the share price up because the buy side pressure is high and the sell side is low. Yeah. And, and then, then once it's at the top, the, the these large institutional investors they pull out double their money in three days, and and or, uh, or in this case it's almost ten times the amount, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Leave all of the retail investors holding the bag holding when they've the bag. gotten in at twenty cents, thirty cents, forty cents. Exactly. Got up to seventy seven. They all like big institution sells out. It drops down to seven cents. Now that big institution's just taken all the retail investors' money. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So they have enriched themselves at the cost of retail investors. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what a pump and dump is. So what happened? What happened to uh, GameStop? Or more, more. GameStop is basically Electronics Boutique here, EB Games, mm-hmm. but in America. It's done nothing. It's a company that is just bricks and mortar retail, mm-hmm. which is we know is, is, is not destined for great things yeah, in any got, market. It was targeted because it's got no online store. Yeah. So a an investment company got a new CEO. The CEO comes on the news and goes, we are so confident that GameStop is going to fail, we're going to short the stock by 140%. Mm. So what that means is they believe that the co- the company will fail. Yeah. Okay. So they did a short sell. Now I want to explain what a short sell is because yeah. it is very complicated. It is. It's not something I would recommend any retail investor get involved in because although the upside is quite good, the downside is infinite. Yeah, I've got some thoughts on this. Not come back. To okay. Them. So, what is a what is a short sell? A short sell is when you predict in the future that a share is going to drop in value. Okay? So what you do is, in effect, with your broker, and it's a very easy function, it's, it, it sounds complicated, but in, in practice it's very easy to do. You would select a stock and you would actually borrow with your broker, you'd borrow uh, that stock at whatever the market price is today. Let's say it's $10. But in the future, you believe it's going to be four dollars. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you pay a you pay an interest rate to your broker whilst you are lending that. Once you're borrowing that, um, whilst you are borrowing that stock, mm-hmm. up until the point where you're actually going to buy it. Yeah. So if that stock is ten dollars, you think it's going to go to four. You borrow ten. You pay X amount of interest on the way through, and then when it hits four, you buy the stock, and then you basically keep. The difference you get, you keep six. Yeah, you keep the difference between less any interest charges. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all well and good. Whilst that stock does what you predicted to do. Now, just one note on that as well too. As the stock drops, because it's obviously a less risky investment, the amount of interest that you pay on that drops with it. Correct. 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 Which can go the other way. So well. that's okay. So sure. the next. <clears throat> so whilst it's going in the right direction. All's good for the short investor. Yeah. When it goes bad is when that stock price moves away from their prediction. Mm. Because just like you said, the risk of, uh, to the broker has now increased. So the yep. broker says, well, I want more interest now because this is a riskier sell. Yep. So, so a... Um, now, that's basically what a short sell is. Mm-hmm. What has happened to GameStop is that when this CEO said it's going to go to zero, the internet, in particular Wall Street Bets Reddit page, mm-hmm. were massively offended by this. 
and they use their collective bargaining uh, uh, audience mm-hmm. to pump the price up. Yeah. So they told this this Reddit community just to buy, buy GameStop, buy as much GameStop as you can possibly afford. Mm-hmm. Just buy it and hold and hold and hold. Because every day, so they the stat was, so they're running at four dollars. GameStop was running at four dollars a share, basically. Mm-hmm. For every $12 increase that the GameStop share went up, this one particular investment fund would lose, uh, I think it was $10 million. No, $1 billion, $1 billion. A billion dollars. Yeah. For every $12. Right. They drove it up to $400. Hmm. $400 a share. Now, on the way to that $400, there's a thing called a short squeeze. And what a short squeeze is, is when you as the short holder realise uh, this is not going to go the way that I'm going and I can't afford to pay this interest because this interest is getting out of control. The only thing you can do is buy the stock at whatever price it is and yeah. cop that loss. That's right. Now, another function of that is you've now created additional buy side pressure mm. which drives the price up even, even further. Even yeah. further. Yeah. So you had this compounding effect. Okay? So, so... Um, that's that was the function of what happened with GameStop. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're still in it now. Mm-hmm. Some of the important things that happened were what happened after or during this time. Robinhood is a uh, an app in America used for retail investors to invest in the market. Mm-hmm. Okay, I believe the rules are. I don't think you're allowed to invest in the American stock market like we are here. Yeah. I think you have to be a sophisticated investor yeah. to be able to... You might be up to a certain point. Robin Hood gave these people... Uh, which which that, that says a lot about the narrative of where we're going. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Robin Hood, however, basically acts as a... Not like a brokerage firm here, but they basically... You just put your money with them and then they make the trades yeah, for you. Yeah, they go into the trades for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They stopped... The ability, they halted. So I, I originally, I was following this story very closely. I heard trading halt. Trading halts happen all the time. Okay, yeah. Tra- If there is a new announcement coming out, they might halt trading. So mm-hmm. they halt the buying and selling of the stock yeah. so that no one gets the information early. Yeah, if there's any, like, if they catch wind of any potential insider trading, for yep. example, like that's a common one, but they'll often stop trading on a stock. Well, even if you're going to change the board of directors. Yeah. Before you announce it, you actually put a trading halt on first. So it's yeah. a very standard function. Yeah. So I thought, okay, that's fair enough. This thing's going crazy. Mm-hmm. They put a halt on it. They didn't halt it. No. They halted half of it. They halted the ability to buy the shares, not the ability to sell. Now, just just to confirm, so is this were we still talking about Robin Hood? Robin Hood. Right. Robin Hood. So what so what that means, just to clarify for people. The ability for a retail investor, which is us, which is yep. not big firms, because big firms are not retail. Yep. So the ability for for retail investors to purchase the stock was taken away. Yep. You were only able to sell your stock. So now, this is while the stock is is rising at unprecedented yep. levels. So what does what does adding all that sell side pressure do to the price? It can only go one way. If you can only sell and not buy. Yep. The price will go down. That's right. Therefore, helping these hedge funds. Mm-hmm. Turns out that there is some financial interest between this in particular uh, investment firm that's losing all this money mm. and Robinhood. Right. Okay. So that is 
extremely bad. Yeah. Now, the Wall Street guys are coming out and saying, we need some legislation around this. We need to do something about these retail investors being mm -hmm. able to do these pumps like this. Yeah. Even though the uh, all the, these large investors have been doing that forever, but just not obviously. I don't think ever in history has Wall Street asked for regulation. Exactly, exactly. Ever. It goes to show how scared they are. Yeah. Now, the other thing too, which is, which is funny as well, is uh, they were more than happy to have these unsophisticated retail investors investing in their markets when they knew that the retail investors didn't know what they were doing, therefore there was more money in the market for them to take advantage of. They were yeah. okay with that. Exactly right, exactly right. So this is an example. So the real the real story out of all this is, sorry, there's two. No, there's a bigger one. Mm. A story that has come out of this is that this is the really the first time, like we, I think everyone knows how dodgy these large institutions are! Mm -hmm. All the backdoor dealings, all the all the uh, all the pump and dumps. It's a function of their business. Yeah. And literally, I was thinking about it in the shower this morning. Mm. The whole idea of a hedge of a fund. If if you broke down the mechanics of it, the reason why you give your money to someone to manage with everyone else's money, because mm. now you have more power. Yeah, collective but, bargaining power. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, now you've got all this, all this. Well, so the same principle as buying a bond. So by design, that it is designed to bully the market. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. that's fair to say. I think. Yeah. It's the whole design of that that function. Now, the people that are invested in those hedge funds have been very happy with that mm -hmm. scenario because they've been getting they're making great returns out of it. Mm. All right. But this is when the little guy actually went. No, you're not going to bully an institution that we like. Yeah. And we're now going to show you what we can do. Mm -hmm. And they pump this thing by, by 10 times. What, what a, a very, very interesting point out of all of this stuff, which is sort of a bit of a theme, is the reason why the Wall Street guys have come out asking for regulation is because they have stated that uh, everyone getting together on Reddit and doing this was a form of market manipulation. Yes. Which market manipul manipulation is technically illegal. Yes. Right? Now what you began the story with, which is this hedge fund gets a new CEO and comes out in the media saying, we are so confident that GameStop is going to fail that we're shorting it at 140% is also market manipulation. It's, it's, and they have been doing it forever. Very well said. Very yeah. well said. That's the... But I, I feel like this is the counter to that. And now it's like now it's a thing because we've seen what the other side of that coin looks like. Yeah. Because no one's ever tried before. Mm -hmm. So that yeah that is. Now, I spoke to someone yesterday who's got a friend in, who works for a hedge fund here mm -hmm. in Australia. They have no idea what to do. Yeah. They have no idea because your trading analysis, your trading algorithms, and things like that, don't account for this stuff. How That's can right. you? Yeah. So, a new player has entered the game. A new player. The people have entered the game. It is, this is a, an absolute financial revolution. Yeah. It is a revolution where it's showing that people power can fight these large mm. investment companies. But, but can I just say too, like, to put in context of people, why does this matter? So, 
If you go back to the global financial crisis, which happened in the you know the noughties, mm. right? Was it what two thousand eight? It sort of really started to kick o- off. Oh seven, oh eight. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is the ramifications for Wall Street doing the wrong thing because what people need to understand these hedge funds, where do they get their money from? Like uh, a lot of the uh, the big deposits of money are people like in America, for example, their four hundred one k accounts. Mm. Like, they're retail investors, so to speak, which their money goes into a 401k that these hedge funds then use to create profits for themselves and for their members. Mm. Now, and superannuation works the same way over here in that, like, our superannuation companies invest our money, which is why it grows over time. So it is a benefit for us as as a, a people. However, what happened is, when the global financial crisis tanked the global economy... All that money that got wiped out on the marketplace was our money. That mm. was that was the people. That was retail, not investors, but that was our four hundred one k. That was our superannuation. It was lots of little amounts yeah. got wiped out, got wiped out of the, of the economy. So there are probably millions of people globally, worldwide, who were at retirement age at the time who lost everything mm. when this happened. Now, these massive hedge fund companies, banks, etc., which caused the problem in the first place, they got government bailouts. Yeah. Now, you've got to think about that too. Where does the government money come from? Yeah. That comes from the people as well. Yeah. So, in other words, the, um, the gatekeepers of all the money, which was Wall Street at the time, because like as much as Wall Street is an American institution, it affects the planet. Mm. It is a global economy now. If you think that it doesn't, then you're kidding yourself. Oh, and, and when you watch this, we release this Monday morning, have a look and see what the Australian stock market does at, yeah. at, at open. Yeah. Because it, it'll dive. Yeah, guaranteed. 100%. So, so you, we, as a, we need to understand something. And what that thing is, is you're right. There, this is the beginning, I firmly believe, of a financial revolution where we as the people, we don't need these gatekeepers anymore. So we've seen it with crypto already. Mm. And that's starting to sort of sink in a little bit because crypto allows us to move away from the banks. Mm. Well, now when we can actually coordinate our investment efforts through channels like Reddit or social meeting places, Mm. we no longer need these massive firms or hedge funds to... Uh, give us collective bargaining power to invest our money for the best possible return because we can do it ourselves without them taking a cut. Yeah. Right? This is why this stuff is important because at the end of the day, and I'm going to say when, this is not if, when these Wall Street guys fuck it up again, Yep. just like they did last time. Greed, when greed gets hold. When greed gets hold, when they fuck it up again, we will pay for it out of our super, out of our 401ks, and we will bail them out again through our tax dollars through the government. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's why this stuff is important. So, what I wrote down the bottom here is what what lessons can be... Well, sorry, I wrote the future of the economic markets, okay? So, gatekeepers are the... uh, They're going to be the ones that are shitting themselves because their their function exists less. It's not... It doesn't... There's still people that are going to want to pay someone to invest on their behalf. Totally. I totally think that. But it's not going to be anywhere near as strong as what nothing's rattled that system as much as what this moment has. Yeah. Um, Especially because this moment shows that it's possible, which means exactly. it will happen again. Exactly. And it will happen again. Yeah. So... Viva! Yeah. But also, just on that, um, 
it it is a US stat. Uh, it is old. I don't know if it's changed, but I doubt that it has. Did you know that managed funds, managed share portfolios, only 1% of the managed share portfolios in the USA cover the fees charged by the brokers? <laughs> yeah, so I've, 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 I've dabbled with stacks before. Yeah. The only the only managed fund that's ever worked for me was we, we got us when we were really, uh, really young, we got a, there was one that was done, a new company had set up and offered free broking services to try yeah. and build their books up. Yeah. And we got a really great return of that. Mm-hmm. But I remember once I was getting a 10% return, yet I was paying uh, f- uh, 4.5% in fees. Yeah. And at the time, you could do a term deposit at like 65 or 7%. Yeah, that's right. So, that's ludicrous. Or we, now, the next thing is what lessons can be learned. Mm. It's a, this has proven that although uh, that collective bargaining is great, financial independence is important. Mm the individual being in charge of their dollars. Yeah. And you just, like, hoping that these companies, they know everything and they know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do until something like this happens. Yeah, and, like, this this does... It tells a bigger story to me, too. And, like, it all all plays into it. So, you've got to think about this um, as a concept. Any person who has ever taken power of any kind, whether it's royalty, whether it's politics, whether it's big business, because they do take a mm. level of power, never does so with the plans on relinquishing it. For sure. Right? So any large-scale institution wants to stay as the biggest dog mm-hmm. around. And again, whether it's politics, hedge fund business, whatever. Now... Side point on the hedge on the the GameStop thing, um, there is word on the street too that when a lot of the rival hedge funds heard that the squeeze was happening, oh, yes. they invested into GameStop as well, just to really stick to sink completely into sink their competition. Yeah, um, which again, because you get rid of a competitor, you become the big dog. Yeah, right. So we need to understand that, like all these institutions that are in place, want to stay there. Now, when you're talking about financial independence and being able to invest your own money, um, I like you've probably noticed I've basically stopped marketing on Instagram and Facebook and all that sort of stuff because the algorithm's not sending it out to everyone anyway. Yeah. Um, because they have no interest in sending out a, I guess like a let's call it a self help podcast or something sure. like that because we're not selling anything. Yeah. So I I spend a very small amount of time on social media now. Because the whole point of social media, what it, what is turned into, is a consumerism tool. So it is literally, you know, post from 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 your friend, post from some thought that you've never even met before, buy this product. Mm. Now that is an institution of control too, because the reality of the situation is, if we have no money, we have no means, so we are slaves to the system. So if you if you don't have any money put aside because you're spending it on stupid shit because of ads you've seen on social media, when a GameStop comes up, which is an opportunity for you as a small person to actually invest into a bigger cause, and you can you can make a quit at the same time. Like mm. let's let's not pretend that the Wall Street bets guys haven't made bank out of this, but have the discipline to hold it too, mm. because what they're doing is more purposeful than just making money. It's sending a message and changing the landscape. So if you can, anything that you can do to create a 
more financially independent life for yourself gives you some level of power over what you can do every single day. Yeah, yeah. Decent- decentralization it. is, is going to be the key the yeah. key play in the future. Yeah. You need to be looking at things that are protecting your own your own interests. You need mm-hmm. to take responsibility for it. I had I had some friends that lost they've lost their crypto funds because they forgot their passwords. Yeah, like, and, and and had but had the shits with it. I'm like, well, no, but th- that's financial independence. That's right. There's no one to fall like there's no one to fall on to fall back on because it's on you. And that's that's half the problem with our society, right? Is you know we. We live in a society now where it's, I forgot my password to, to get into my email. Oh, I, I can do the forgot my password function and someone will, like, mum and dad will come and they'll baby me back and they'll, fit, they'll give me a way of getting back into it. Do like, you manage where your cash is in your wallet? Well, yeah. Do you lose your wallet? Well, yeah. Exactly right. Like, there, there are consequences for these things, but we live in such a society where they've chamfered the edges on, on every corner so we can't hurt ourselves that we just, you know, we expect someone else to take care of us all the time. But I would say, at what cost have they offered that service? Well, exactly. So the, the bank that's going to, oh, it's easy to restore your account. Oh, that's great. Oh, but by the way, um, you can't transact that fast anymore. And, mm. um, you know, we're going to put this little, slide this little fee into you. And, yeah. And, yeah, at what cost? Exactly. So, and, and the thing is, it's, it's the cost that if you're not looking for it, you don't see it. It's funny you said the thing about um, buying stuff on online because that's that's my biggest bug, bugbear that I think people aren't realising that free service of Facebook and Instagram yep. as being free if you've bought something off it that you don't need you've paid that's right and uh, I'll give you the tip it's probably a whole lot more than what a subscription to a new age mm. uh, uh, you know decentralised blockchain based social media truly social media we need a new name for it because social media to me is Done. It's not social media. It's like it's a marketplace now. Did Adam it's Curry an say anti-social marketplace? It is. It, it, that's the best way. Yeah, the current system is an anti-social marketplace. Mm. But so, funnily enough, like even on Facebook, for example, this is one of the reasons why I haven't bothered actually advertising that much on social media. Um, I'll log into Facebook and with the audio podcast account, I'll get notifications and I'll go into it. The only notifications I'm getting are boost this post for fifteen dollars. Yeah. So it's like. Instead of, instead of it being a merit-based system where... Because um, a lot of people don't understand how algorithms work on a lot of these platforms. And to be honest, I don't really understand a lot of them either. But I know that Facebook and Instagram, for example, because they're linked, even, even if you've got, let's say, 100 friends and you put a post up, they only show that post to 25% of your, mm. of your followers. And then they decide whether or not that post has been liked. So if people interact with that post enough, then they'll slowly expand that to a wider audience. But even just think about that. Like you could have a hundred people who you are friends with on social media who may want to see what you have going on in your life, but because that they haven't interacted with you recently enough, you can be posting up all the stuff they won't even see it. So that's what the, apparently the beauty of TikTok is. TikTok's algorithm is the fastest way to get to a million views. Yeah. Because they realise far earlier that someone's that this is going to be a hit. Yeah. So they're. But what's the price of it? Or your daughter goes to China. Training. <laughs> but, so I get, I get, I don't like that sentiment. And everyone brings it up all the time. Mm. How is it different sending it to China than to sending it to Facebook? It's not. It's the but same. I don't, I don't believe it's right that either happens. Now. The, the, the big difference, sorry, to, to clarify, there is a difference. And the difference is that there is no such thing as a private company in China. 
So you're like when my when my information's stolen from me by Facebook, they don't send it to the Australian government and go, oh, he's had a conversation about how he's done a cash job on something, you know, get the ATO to knock on his door. Whereas in China, there's no private companies; they're all owned by the Chinese government. For sure, but what? How does that affect you as an Australian? Doesn't now. No, but same, same, same as the Facebook taking your data or Instagram or whoever it is. I mean, we we are seeing effects of it every single day now. Um, I, like, remember, like five, six, seven years ago, back when people first started going. Oh, like, you know, what if it's listening to us? And like, oh, that'd be stuff. And now we live in the day and age where we just accepted it. We just know Well, I haven't accepted it because I've, I deleted WhatsApp. Yeah. Because I was sick of getting... I was sick of having a conversation with my friends and then it advertising that very same thing on Facebook. Even yeah. though they say, we don't do that. Well, you do. Yeah. You do. Well, things I didn't even have WhatsApp and it still happens. Yeah, because like Messenger. Yeah. So I'm trying to get everyone off Messenger, but I've got friends that don't care. And so I've moved to Signal. Yeah. And at least I know that those those conversations are private. They're between yeah. And and one of the one of the other themes throughout all this that I want people to open their eyes to as well is people. It's that whole thing of that old saying of being the frog that sits in the pan of cold water, and then you turn the gas on, and the water starts heating. And because it's so minute at the time, the frog doesn't even know that the water's heating up until it's being boiled alive. I've never heard that before. Never heard of it? <laughs> no. Right. No. So when people say, ah, it doesn't, it's not affecting me now. That's yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you're, if you have that attitude about a lot of this stuff, oh, it doesn't affect me now, it doesn't affect me now. Well, guess what? You'll only notice when it, when it affects you when it's too late yeah. to do anything about it. So I, I've tried to digitally protect myself. So I started, like I use Google as little as possible. Yep. So I don't use Google search anymore. I use DuckDuckGo. I'm, I'm on DuckDuckGo now as well. Um, Brave browser. Brave signal. Yeah. I'm like trying to do some things I can to give me some form of um, off the gridness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Independence yeah. from the system. And um, I suppose it kind of fits in with what, so have you noticed that Google's pushing their... Australian, you know, the threat that Google's leaving <laughs> Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so I, I, I want to, I know that we have um, differing views on it, but I just wanted to say, so do you want to explain what the story is between the news and Google? So, <clears throat> again, like I, I'm probably not going to put this in the right, right context and the right words, but essentially there's a war going on at the moment. I shouldn't say war. I'm going to say there's disagreement. I, like, that's another bugbear of mine is just um, over-the-top exaggerating language, so I'm not going to use it. So there's a disagreement going on at the moment between the Australian government and uh, Google and a lot of other entities where they are essentially um, legislating in Australia that these online companies will need to pay Australian news outlets to host the content and, and share their content on their platforms. Mm. Now... There are two sides to, to every story, obviously, and on the one side of it from the, the Googles of the world or the social medias of the world, they're like, well, we host your content for free and you get way more eyes on it than you ever would have. Yep. On the other side of it, though, for a lot of these news agencies, they're like, yeah, but we've got actual production houses. This is not just someone filming with an iPhone. Mm. We, we've got costs to produce this content, therefore we need to get paid for this content, mm. 
rather than you guys showing it to all of our, our actual current clients anyway for free. Mm. So there's two sides to it. Um, when <clears throat> there's been a bit of a de-evolution in journalism, in my opinion, especially over the last four years in America, and that's kind of um, oh, gone it's out here. through it throughout the rest of the here. world. It's definitely here. Um, I think the um, there's no there's no such thing as unbiased journalism anymore. Yeah. Everything is an opinion based on whatever you're being told to say now. Yeah, there's no one in the centre. No. Everyone's on the extreme sides of every issue. That's right. I've mentioned it before, very disappointed about the ABC because in Australia because they are funded by us as taxpayers. They're supposed to just be telling us what's going on in the world, but even they're biased now as well. I sent you a text this morning to illustrate that point again. Mm. I was watching ABC News today and they were talking about the Biden administration and, yeah. and all these new bills that he signed and executive orders. Yeah. And then they... Sp- then they cut. So the person they were interviewing was an American. She did not say anything about Trump. Nothing. But ABC started putting images of him, of Trump up with okay. American flags. And this is when a, the racist thing came up. Right. The person I was interviewing was talking about a uh, about um, um, privatised prisons, yeah. which was not a Trump thing. It was probably three or four regimes ago. Yeah. Yet, the way that they had uh, yeah, they, they visualised it, it, they That's cut right. it. They, they, and yeah, again, if you don't know this, I mean, if you if you don't know the stuff, you're probably not listening to this podcast because you don't give a shit about what we're saying. But you need to understand, every single day, we are being manipulated by the way media companies cut things together and draw links between things that don't, they're not actually linked yeah. at all. Yeah, Happens but just showing every it gets day. the effect that they want. <clears throat> yeah. Now, getting back to the point. Yep. So, the, there is one part of journalism which is still extremely important, in my opinion, which is investigative journalism. Mm, absolutely. Because, again, we as a society, we... So, there is a massive... Like, there's hierarchies and there's a massive trust system involved. And there's low hierarchies. And there's low hierarchies. Um, there is a massive trust system involved where we all, as members of society, we go to work... A portion of the hours that we work at doing whatever it is that we do, we give to someone else in the form of our tax dollars, and we hope that the people that we put in charge of our money are going to do things which is for the greater good and for the collective good of all of us. Mm. Investigative journalism exposes when that doesn't happen, which is very important, and it's very expensive. Mm. So if you want someone to do a report on whatever, whatever it is, some sort of government fraud or whatever the case may be it takes time money and investment to actually be able to bring that story to light which is why i still think that some mainstream media companies have value Mm -hmm. you need to be able to fund that sort of investigative stuff however i also see it from the the googles of the world and facebooks and whatever where it's like yeah okay cool but if no one watches it doesn't matter, but if you put it on our platform, then you get your message out there and everyone knows about it. So yeah. it's way better, isn't it? Yeah. It's a tough one. So my stance on this, so Google's threatened to leave Australia. Yeah. Uh, no, it'll never happen. No. But it's my just, a, just a negotiating tactic. My stance on it is both companies are wrong. Yeah. So we've had this conversation on this on this podcast before Mm -hmm. 
the old school media has not updated with the times. No. So the fact that they're... Just, just like, watch the news and look at the fucking haircuts on the women when you when the yeah. news presenters. Have you ever seen those haircuts in the in the wild? Yeah. No. It's the same cookie you, cutter models. Do you need to fly someone out to the courthouse uh, where someone was held two days ago? Yeah. Just to f- film it. Do you know what I love? There's a cyclone on. Hey, uh, old mate, weather presenter, go stand in the rain and give <laughs> us the report. <laughs> like, I don't... I don't need someone to be getting shot in the head to tell me there's a war going on somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's so, so, so I, I think that I can see why media's bleeding because yeah. they haven't updated, mm. but they don't want to, they don't want to find any efficiencies in what they do. All they're trying to do is get a larger peak. So when the, the world around them has moved, they're just like, oh, let's create legislation where you just have to pay us more. Okay. Yeah, but which what I'd also kind of, kind of what Wall Street's doing when they're asking for, sure. for regulation too. For sure, for sure. But I also don't agree with Google and Facebook and Twitter holding the and, and censoring to a to a point the information that deciding what information we can and can't see. Yeah, if they so, just took all the info and blasted it out there, and then the people could make their own decisions. They're that'd purely, be great. yeah, they're purely a platform for it. So I think they're both wrong. I think I think media needs to get with the times and find a viable business model that doesn't involve that. Give us a reason to watch you without yeah. sensationalising us. Mm-hmm. Move away from ad dollars if you can, because we know that that doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. And the social media companies, like, uh, uh, sorry, these large tech companies that affect us here, well. Fuck you! Like, yeah, like, like you've you've had a, you've had a great run, but it's your your uh your objective is not now in line with what that's what right. We and want to achieve as a society. Like, and again, this is this is evolution, right? So, these big social media companies will eventually die. I know they've got all the power in the world right now. Right now, but I mean, like, even me, I used to go on my social media constantly, constantly. I honestly don't care anymore. Yeah, and and I'm in a I'm in a life phase at the moment where. I, I, I am sharing more of my life because obviously having my son is, is a big yep. deal. Um, and, you know, to me, it's it's more important for me to share with friends and family what Nate's up to rather than just putting up, here's my Tuesday selfie, you know, yep. which is what a lot of social media is. It's just, you know, people who are so starving for attention in their real lives that they feel like if they get those dopamine rushes from getting likes on social media, it makes them feel better for five seconds. Um but it is going to get to a point, and it might it might be Nate's generation, which we're all like, oh, they're going to grow up on social media. They might not even give a shit. I don't think they'll care. No. I think they'll they'll really recognise what uh, what's actually happening. Yeah. The core of it. I had this I had this conversation with a friend of mine who's got kids, and he's really worried about the future. And I've just said to him, humankind has has never really come into a uh, a situation that we haven't been able to handle. Yep. And and the new generation will be. I think we're triggered by it because a lot of us are pre-internet people. Yep. You know, this is very new technology, mm-hmm. and and obviously we don't know. It's unwieldy because no one. We haven't got enough da- uh, data to back it up. We have got no historic data. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a this is a fire that's burning out of control, and we we don't know. But I feel like the new generation is going to be like. Dad, I can't believe that you used to I know. post that stuff up. That's so lame. Yeah, and the worst thing is, everyone's stuff's still going to be out there. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, yeah. So look, you... I think I think at a core, at a core, what what do I want out of social media? The thing, the whole thing I want is I want to be able to connect with my 
my friends. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do. I, 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 I like seeing a funny meme that I'm like, oh, this person likes that and sending it to them. I like seeing a, a video that I think someone else finds interesting. That's what I want it to be about. Mm. And, and, you know, if someone creates one that, that does that where you can have a real conversation, or I don't even care about other people's... Like, let's, let's, let's be real. No one really cares about other people's opinions because no, the stats show that we don't change our minds... No. When we read it? No, that's right. So so how about we just connect with the people that we've already connected with that's more natural? Mm-hmm. Um there's and just give us a give us a and don't show us any ads. Yeah. I'll pay, I'll pay so, for that. Yeah, so again that's that whole thing of like, you know infrastructure. Um one of the things that came out of when they got rid of Parlour, the the deplatforming of Parler was again another really big mm. issue in the world, and a lot of the big companies that deplatformed, like Apple and Google and etc., said that the reason why they did that was because they didn't have the um, like countermeasures. Well, yeah, the infrastructure in place to mediate what was being spoken about on those platforms, so they just shut them down. And Parler actually came out and admitted they were like. In 24 hours or something, their user base went up by like 5,000% mm. during the whole Trump ending in office thing. Um, and they admitted they didn't have the staffing to actually keep up with it, but they put stuff in place now and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, can't remember where I was going at this point. But the again, like that in, it, in itself, it's like, okay, so you're, I mean, they got deplatformed for not mediating what was being spoken about. But yet Facebook has a groups function, which Parler didn't have. So Facebook, you can, I'm on a podcasting group, where it's just a whole people, bunch of people talking about podcasting. But you can have X amount of different groups. There's QAnon groups, there's all those things on Facebook still, which but, weren't actually on Parler either. But this is what I, I, I think, why should you have to mediate public discourse? Yeah. Agree. We can have a conversation, you and I, with the cameras off, about anything we want. Mm-hmm. Anything. Yeah. Why should it be any different in the public domain? The only reason because why is because there's financial interests involved. That's, that's the right. only reason why. And, and the problem is, is they use things, they use, you know, buzzwords like violence or incitement to control people. So How many times have we said something violent about each other? Every day. Every day. Every single day. And it's a part it's of being a human being. It's only broken out a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. It's a part of being... And, like, the, the hypocrisy of going, like, having politicians going, oh, like, you know, you can't incite, like, hate speech or you can't, um, you know, use words which will make a certain people uh, not feel good and then we send people to war to kill people in a different country. You have to actually do it, yeah. Like, get a fucking grip. Yeah. And, and when I say get a grip, I don't mean the politicians. I mean us. Yeah, yeah. Why are we yourself. believing that shit? Yeah. It is hypocrisy at the highest level where, you know, we, we try to say that, oh, you can't use a word that might make a group feel bad, but we're still happy to go overseas and kill other people in other countries. It is an absolute joke that we buy into it as a people. And we go, goes, you know what? They're right. It goes back to what my point of the whole GameStop thing was. The more and more I look at life, the more I realise you need to look after yourself. Yeah, I agree. And whether that be financially, emotionally, technologically, 
Mm. You know, if if you if you not worry about the other problems in the world and you focus on yourself, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be far more. If you can try and deprogram yourself from some of the hype that's out there, you're going to be in a far more advanced state. Mm. Now, I believe I believe that because we do break down, we do have these conversations. I like the fact that we can think about some out of the box ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you do think about that out of the box stuff, other opportunities come up, other yep. thoughts thoughts Absolutely. come up, and the people that say it doesn't it doesn't worry me, mm. like you said, that'll catch up to you eventually. Like yep. you won't even know, you know, going back to your frog story, mm. you're not even going to know that. Oh, this is a this is an attribute that I've been. Mm. I've been. I thought I was being cool by saying this stuff doesn't affect me, mm. but you've just been ignorant to it. You just look, haven't realised what, Wall Street. what it's done. Wall Street was cool to take the retail investors' money until the retail investors took their money, and then they want to change everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> um, I had a point on that before too. Like, so like it or not, we live in a capitalist society, and a capitalist society is is founded on innovation and infinite growth. Mm. I believe. Shorting should be illegal, purely based on the fact, in my opinion, it is anti-capitalist because you are betting on companies failing, which uh, means you want companies to fail. No, I disagree. I disagree because you should, a company that should fail, should fail. Because Agreed. If, because if it's... Agreed, it, but I well, don't... Let me finish, let me finish. Okay. So it's, it's just like, um, uh, you know, cutting the grass to let it grow again you should there are some things there are some functions out there there are some companies out there that exist that provide little to no value to mm-hmm. um, society yep. and therefore those those things should fall over so that something new can come up in its place of course but why should you be able to profit off their failure uh, because you're you're predicting a market function and you're you're apply, you're uh, you are generating um, liquidity you are you are moving liquidity to uh a po- or to, to create a function that may work. Yeah, so if you short if you short that one and make a fortune out of it, right, and that fails, then where you, does that money come from? Well, well, if you so you invest in a short and that company fails and you make money, mm-hmm. you now invest in something that you believe is going to either make money or 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 is going to fail in you know you do do another short. Mm-hmm. You're kind of getting rid of all the lowest uh, common denominators. You're getting rid of all the the companies that shouldn't exist. And you're investing in companies that should exist. That's why good companies go up in value, and bad companies go down in value. But so you realise how that stacks the odds firmly towards the big companies, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Amazons, yep. and further against the small companies. Yep. That any and again, like Parler being a great example of you know you could have had people shorting Parler because they knew that they were just going to get rid of that company. For sure. Like, but I, uh, how do you protect yourself as a company? Well, maybe don't go on the stock exchange. Well, yeah, but also where... Oh, so that's a good point. So S- Signal is mm-hmm. is crowdfunded. Signal yeah. is based on donations. Mm. That's why it's free and that's why it's got no ads. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have to answer to it. They've got a board and they've got a, they've got a, a boss. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a podcast with him and he's very, very interesting. And he brought up the fact that um, uh, that free speech that he goes, there needs to be a safe place to talk about topics that um, are important to you. And he realised that you can't have advertising dollars in there because 
that taints it. Yeah. Whereas, whereas he, he goes, I don't care what you say, say whatever you want, mm-hmm. and I'm going to provide the infrastructure for you to do so. Yeah, and look, I, I completely agree with that. I just feel that in, in a capitalist society, you're exactly right. Companies that have no value will should die out. Uh, however, I just feel that it is anti-capitalist to profit out of the death of a company especially when you specifically manipulate the market to kill off that company before it potentially has an opportunity to innovate as well. Mm. And obviously, it takes money to be able to invest in a short, which is borrowed, of course, most of the time. That money could be used to invest in an innovation somewhere else, which could be driving us further rather than profiting off the destruction of companies. Uh I, I get I get what you're saying, but yeah. you're looking at it from the the poor company's point of view. But you need to look at it like, and, and you need to look at it from the take a step back and look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. It is getting rid of the 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 bad ones and propping up the big ones, the good ones. That's that's the, the design. Big ones though, as well. Well, it's not all. Like you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of small companies out there that have listed on the stock market and have made like they could not have grown at all if with without that mm-hmm. that um, capital invested in them. Yeah. Um, but there's also some company, and, and to counter the point, if you don't short the company, but you've got a company out there that's going like a busted ass, and you're getting all these retail investors investing money in, and it just slowly goes to zero, mm-hmm. well, you've, you're in the same... Well, you're not. Like, it, it's, it's, oh. you're investing in a company, and, and, and any investment is, is a risky investment. Same as a short is a risky investment yeah. as well. Well, risky. What, yeah, what I'm saying is... Like, Market manipulation is not cool. I, 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 get, That's I, right. get that. I totally get that. What I'm saying is fundamentally as a capitalist society based on infinite growth, we should be focused on growing rather than... And, and again... But they what, are growing. No, listen. But what drives, what drives anything in this world? Money and profits. Yes. So if we give people the ability to profit out of destroying a company, they will do so. If we remove the ability for people to profit out of destroying a company, they will find the profit somewhere else, which can further drive growth and innovation. That's it. It goes against what the free market is. So there is a market for shorting companies, mm-hmm. which is in the definition of capitalist. Like capitalism is making money. Yeah. And they make money by betting against companies. So I don't think removing it is like that's it, that's anti-capitalist. Is removing that function to make money. Mm. But you see how it doesn't support growth, right? But it does because you're now in, like the proceeds of you shorting a company. You've now got additional capital to invest in something that is going to work or it is not going to work. So your help, you're, you've got the weed whacker on one side, getting rid of all these weeds, mm. and 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 the weed whacker is making money, and now he can go and buy seeds to go and plant new trees. Yeah, but that, a lot of that money that was invested in the short in the first place was borrowed money, which could go either way. So you could borrow that money and just go straight away and invest in the new seeds. And then you could tell everyone, hey, this is the new product. Let GameStop die on its own. This is the new product that we're doing. Everyone should go and support this product. But letting that company slowly die doesn't help anyone either. Well, it gives that company the opportunity to realise that they're going backwards at a rate of knots and actually innovate and change themselves and if they, before they get destroyed. But if they do innovate, then there's, the shorters won't short them. That's that's the beauty of the free market. Yeah, but I feel like a shorter doesn't get... Like, especially if there's market manipulation involved, which if, if... I mean, this stuff's all public record. You can look up when a company has short... Like, when a hedge fund has shorted a company. Hmm. That in itself is market manipulation. 
Because if a hedge fund goes and they bet massive dollars that this company is going to fail, we all believe it. Yeah. So we it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, which then destroys that company in a much shorter space of time than if but they... But I'm do. saying that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't particularly agree. Because you're not actually giving people the opportunity to innovate without stress. Like we've spoken about before how difficult it is to make clear decisions when you're in a state of stress. Well, imagine if you're the CEO of a company who, by all means, isn't going that well, who then finds out a hedge fund shorted you. How stressed out are you going to be? How, where is your ability to innovate going to come from? Because I, I don't think it comes from that mindset. Yeah, but th- you're thinking from a very, um, a very uh, uh, practical in-house thing. But if you if you want, if you want to, uh, I think the companies that are non-viable should die faster than they could because you've got every opportunity. Game GameStop mm-hmm. could have changed mm-hmm. their their business practices years ago. Like they knew that online was going to be a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So to me. The function of them shorting it is that's an obvious. So how short. many how many game stops are there in in the world? In the oh, I think it's just in USA. There's okay. tons. There's tons. So okay, you short that company. That company dies, and anyone who worked for GameStop loses their job. Yeah, is that a positive thing? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, because they should. They're going to lose a job at some stage. Just when. Let's 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 expedite it to something that is going to work. To get those people into jobs that are, are are of value as opposed to ones that are not of value. Yeah, I just I know I know how you see we, it because yeah, it we, seems heartless. It seems heartless. Well, it just no, it just seems like it it just completely stacks all the power and the people who've already got power because the people who've already got the power and the means can choose to raise or kill any company they possibly they, they would ever want to for their own and they'll profit either way along exactly. the way. Yeah, exactly right, but which now, is my problem. No, but now Reddit has come out and proven that that's not the case. That's but, that's exactly what... That's no, but exactly so, but Reddit point. has come out and has gone completely against what you're saying because Reddit has come out and gone, like, they've done this as a go against Wall Street, but yes. at the end of the day, they're still propping up a dying company. Uh, in the short term. it's They're not doing it to protect GameStop. They're doing it to stick it to this investment company. That's right, but what I'm saying is if you... The company still die. Yep, the companies will still die. But what I'm saying is, if you remove the ability for people to profit out of the death of a company by shorting, they will find that money elsewhere. And that money, I believe, will be funneled into innovation and investment in positive growth. Because to me, it's the easy way out. It is the easy way out to get like literally just go, I'm going to short that company. Here's my stake. I'm going to tell all my buddies about it because they all do in Wall Street. We know that. I'm going to tell all my buddies about it. We're short of that company. That company dies. I take the money and you've just destroyed a company. Whereas if you take away that ability to do that, these hedge funds, they're smart. They'll find the money somewhere else yeah. and that has to go an investment into positive growth. This is not a free market then. That's not a free market. Are we, are we in a free market? I think we've proven that we're not. But every time... <clears throat> but no, but it is a free market. It totally is a free market. But it's being manipulated by the people that know how to manipulate it, which and which makes it not a free market. The fact that no, we no, began no, it's free no, because no, they're no. free to manipulate it. No, but the fact that we started this podcast talking about GameStop, Robinhood, Robinhood restricting the people to be able to go and buy into stocks which are going through the roof shows that we don't no, but, live in a free market. No, but we absolutely do because you know what's going to happen. Robinhood dies. That company dies. 
because of what they did. Mm. That's the perfect example of a capitalist society. You do something wrong, the market will make you pay. Yeah. So everyone get out there and short Robin Hood while you still got a chance to. So Robin Hood, uh, there's no way that they can survive out of this. There's no way. Mm. But they they will. The um, Wall Street guys want everyone to hold their money in because if they sell, because you have to sell your stake. Uh, it's unlike crypto where you can transfer directly to another exchange. Mm. You need to sell your stake to then buy back in, which creates what the Wall Street guys, uh, what what uh, the the um, hedge fund guys want you to do. Mm. But but what that is, Robinhood is an example of the GameStop should die. It should die because it's it is an unviable business. Mm-hmm. And the people that work at GameStop, as much as it sucks that their job is gone, mm-hmm. they need to go and find something that is of value to society as opposed to something that is not. That's the function of a short. But how many entry-level jobs in society are of value to society? Well, you're not going to know if you're just letting these dead ones, like if you're hanging these dead ones on, the idea is to create new ones. So what's the difference between working at a GameStop and working at, like, seven drinks at a pub? You can buy drinks anywhere. You can you can go to a... I don't a, understand your point. It's just an entry-level job. So you're saying that these people who work for GameStop losing their jobs, they should, them themselves should go and do something that's more meaningful. Yes. But for a start, you need to get an entry, uh, a step into the market. And I don't know of any entry-level job which could really be classed as being more useful to society. No, but the market decides what's useful and what's not. And pouring drinks at a pub is useful. Therefore, there will be jobs. Well, therefore, you should anyone who purchases a game at GameStop will think that that service is useful as well. Yes, but the market says that they don't buy games from um, GameStop because, like, new consoles are coming out without disk drives yep. and everything's becoming an online marketplace. Yep, and that and GameStop should be allowed to die a slow death without having a hedge fund coming and shorting it and expediting that process. There's, but the end result is the same. So no, what's not? Because you actually give GameStop the opportunity to innovate. They could create an online store. They could do something if they've got the time to do and so. And if they did have those thoughts in place, mm-hmm. then short sellers wouldn't short them. That I, That's what I'm saying. So if there was a hope that this company would exist, the shorts would not short them. I understand that. Yeah. But I'm also saying that when you give companies or people the opportunity to profit out of destroying a business, they will do so. Yes. If they don't have the opportunity out of destroying a business, they will find the money somewhere else. Yes, which but will it's go not into a free market and innovation. But then but it's not a free market then. How's it not a free market? Because you, you can just... still invest in any company that you want. Except you, you can't if, short if you one. Think, if you think GameStop... Well, yeah, you, you can't short it. If you think GameStop's going to fail, don't invest in GameStop. Go and invest in mm-hmm. something else, which then drives up the stock price of that other product that you think is a superior product, which then people, when they see that stock will rise, they'll sell their GameStop shares and they'll go and buy that product. I, I and then saying, GameStop dies. But you've but defined you're a... actually profiting out of yes. destroying that company, which I believe, in my, in my opinion, and we can disagree... I believe that's anti-capitalist. But it's not because they're making capital, which makes it capitalist. But but you can make capital anywhere. For sure. Yeah, yeah, so uh, exactly. Would, you why can would if you it's focus free. on making your capital out of destroying a company? I'm not saying focus it. I'm saying the idea of a free market is to create a market on when anything. When were shorts created? I don't know. It's probably relatively new. <clears throat> but a free, you should be able to make a market about anything you want if you see it, if you see the opportunity to make a dollar out of it. That's what a free market is. And if you start, if you start uh, uh, getting rid of markets, well, it's no longer a free market. Right, 1937. 
Well, jeez. <laughs> so that must have come out as soon as the stock market came out. Because I think the stock market... No, that might have been the 20s. When did the stock market... I'm just having a quick read of this thing. This will be really great uh, audio with me just sitting here silently reading. No, 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 that's right, that's right, because I'll I'll, I'll keep talking. I'll keep throwing it at you, you um, communist, (laughs) socialist. (laughs) We should all put our money into, you know, go down to your local electronics boutique. Oh, no, they have an online store at least. But even you look at at what... um, game stores are now they just sell figurines and 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 gaming paraphernalia but there is opportunity to pivot but there's no motivation to pivot if there's not people betting against you because if you're being constantly propped up for for a okay i know here we go this this is interesting so uh this article was updated on the 29th of january 2021 so it's pretty recent so why is short selling legal Short selling is an investment strategy that speculates on the decline in a stock or other securities price. The practice of short selling was one of the central issues studied by Congress before enacting the Securities Exchange Act in 1934, but Congress made no judgments about its permissibility. Instead, Congress gave the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, broad authority to regulate short sales to prevent abusive practices. Key takeaways. So short selling is an investment strategy that speculates on the decline in a stock or other securities price. The SEC adopted Rule 10A-1 in 1937, which stated market participants could legally sell short shares of stock only if it occurred on a price uptick from the previous sale. The uptick rule was eliminated in 2007, following a years-long study that concluded that the regulation did little to curb abusive behaviour and had the potential to limit market liquidity. That's exactly what you're saying. During times of market crisis, when stocks are falling rapidly, regulators have stepped in to either limit or prohibit the use of short selling temporarily until order is restored. Do you not find it interesting that that law was changed in 2007 when a global financial crisis was kicking off? So when all these hedge fund blokes realise that the world is about to tank because they fucked up, so what do they do? Oh, we can profit off this. Let's change the rules. Which I believe, if you you let me finish, Mm -hmm. I believe would have expedited the global financial crisis. Whereas, if they didn't change the rules, and you were only able to make money based on positive growth of an ass, of, a, of a business or a, sh- a share, rather than betting on a declining mm-hmm. market, then I th- you potentially could have uh, avoided the global financial crisis altogether. So, no you wouldn't have, because um, it was, the GFC was due to housing bonds and things. It was... It wasn't on shorting. But I would also say that the reason why it was changed is because uh, you, the economy was going so great mm-hmm. that people were using their newfound liquidity to put in things that don't matter. So the idea of removing that, that function and opening it uh, shorts to, to make it easier meant that we got rid of the propped up businesses that should never have existed in the first place that started because of all this money that was made prior to GFC it meant it meant that they they were stamped out early yeah well, I, I think we're just going to disagree on this one man because, but, but you have to admit- I, no, I think I find it very very convenient that it, the law changed in 2007 when the GFC was kicking off because it literally would have been this is this way that I see it and I could be dead wrong this is the way that I see it 
hedge fund guys sitting in a meeting. Oh shit, all of our mistakes that we've made over the last X amount of time making billions and billions of dollars, they're about, we're about to pay the piper. It's about to come home to roost. How can we make money out of this? Oh, well, if we got this legislation changed, mm -hmm. we can just bet on the decline that we all know is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Sweet, let's get it done. You bet on the decline, they make their money, the entire world suffers. Well, no, not sorry. The no. investors that went into those hedge funds. The, the entire they, retail. They benefit, they benefit from that and therefore had money to apply to their, their um, yeah, while, areas. Yeah, while the vast majority of retail investors lost their... Well, no, there was a lot of retail investors in those hedge funds. Those hedge funds are made up of a lot of retail investors as well. What I'm saying, the, the core of what I'm saying is an open and free market should be open and free. Yeah. So if there is a market that if you decided that you that there was an opportunity to create a market in whatever it was, you if there was enough demand, you should be able to create that market. Yeah, but where I disagree on you is that in a capitalist society which is the foundation is infinite growth, the I believe that the growth and in, in investment should come from positive growth rather than from profiting off of negative growth but people profit from that negative growth therefore making them capitalists yeah but i i know it's not nice it's not I a find nice it very thing. interesting the timelines it's 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 not a nice thing but it's a it's, it's, it's a not market a it's, it's a nice market fundamental well but it's obviously not because they only changed the rules on it in 2007 but they've had that function they've had a short sell function since the 30s yeah, I know, but you could only short sell after an uptick in the price from the last time the last time the market, which means it was it was a massive gamble to short sell because you were short selling mm. on on a on a asset that was going up. Yeah. Now they changed the laws in two thousand and seven, and then all of a sudden we have a massive global financial crisis. No, but the the, the, you, the you, correlation is not there. The correl the the, the correlation. Oh seven, they had known that it was happening. Oh eight, it all it it all happened. Mm -hmm. It, it was due to people, um, property values, property values going out and shit property values, shit loans, all being batched up together and sold. So that was not a function of the... the, the so the, you don't the, think they're related at all? I don't think the change in legislation in 07 of the shorts created the global financial crisis. I don't think it created it. I think it made it worse. But there's... And the, I think it's convenient that, again, all of these, like... Anyone high up who knows how all this stuff worked would have seen this stuff coming a mile away, years in advance, mm. probably, knowing that it was going to tank, which I think those smart people have changed legislation in the background to protect themselves and potentially profit out of a catastrophe, which instead of doing, putting in mitigations to avoid the catastrophe, they have figured out a way to profit out of it and allowed it to happen. That's what I feel. Like the, big, the guys in the big short. Exactly like the guys in the big short. But were they... It's not what that whole movie's about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But so you're saying that they're the bad guys? Yeah. Because I'm. what I'm saying is, if there was no ability to profit out of that happening, people would be yelling and screaming, going, hey, we've got a problem. Like climate change, for example. Everyone, no, no, hold on. F finish that. Finish that. People will be yelling and screaming, going, hey, we've got a problem that we need to fix before it comes home to roost. And but if no one's talking, the, the ability of a short is so that people can, you, uh, markets can see at a distance, wow, there's a lot of people that don't believe this is sustainable. So it is forewarning. 
it's a, it, this is doing the function of that is exactly what you're saying to protect. No, because what would happen no, if you become a self fulfilling prophecy? No, no, because if you didn't do that, everyone would be poor, and no one would know it's coming because no one can bet against it. I disagree that everyone would be poor. You would because no one has won out of it. But at least, it, at least the global financial crisis, those big short guys, do you know who made stacks won? out of it. Do you know who could have won? Yeah. People who actually save their own money. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, 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 no. no, 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 that's, no, no, no. That's, a separate, that's a separate thing. No, that, it's that, not. It's not a separate thing. It's all. It's all. They're all no, different financial functions. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you're grabbing a, a, a an independent financial function that has no relation to this, the short selling. What I'm saying is, in the GFC, mm-hmm. the fact that you have a function to be able to short it means that people at uh, people at a distance can see that there are people that don't believe that this thing is going to work. Which happened overnight. Yeah, well, it didn't happen overnight because they had invested in that short, pro- like, prior to that, okay? So if you remove that function, no one would have seen anyone's case for betting against that market. Therefore, we all blindly go to the slaughter. That's what happens. Yeah, That's no, what happens but, if you can't short. But the thing is, we all blindly went to the slaughter anyway because the people who were in the know just invested in the short and allowed it to happen. That's what I'm saying. No, no, but there are people who know more than the average person yes, yes. who invested in the short, who let it happen because it was a financial benefit for them for it to happen. If enough people shorted it, the the the... The up there would have been less upside to it. The market would have leveled out properly if so, people okay. listened to so the what, people that were shorting. So but no one happened? did. That's why they made such so much money because the short position was so ridiculous mm-hmm. that that's why everyone bet against them. But they were wrong. Okay, so so the short was in place. Yeah. And how did that benefit the the mum and pops of the world, or anyone that was in those investment funds at the time benefit from it? Because it wasn't their own personal cash. Okay, so it was, it was, a, it was a large minority of people. That, yes, that but at least someone did because the uh, the opposition to that is no one does. Yeah, but did you think that the majority of people who benefited out of it are people who already had means and knowledge of it, of the market? Yeah, but I think you're missing the point. Forget the individual for a moment. Because if, if you don't have... What I'm saying is if you don't have the function to short, then the individual investor gets... They've got no idea what's going to happen. We just think everything's rosy. No, but, but, I disagree. No, but, but no, because no, that's because actually what, correct. Because no, if there's because no market the, the against data, it. the data that someone can go off is whether or not a company is rising or falling. No, I don't. I don't know any investor at the moment. Like, and look, maybe I'm naive, but uh, people who invest in the share market, I don't think are going online and googling who has shorted what every single day. What they're doing is they're going online and they're checking share prices. And if share price is going up. People think that that company's going well and I'm going to invest in it while it's going up. If a share price is going down, people can make a decision on whether or not they think it's good value to purchase in at that time or if it's a dying business. I don't think anyone... You don't know if it's a dying business if there's no short positions, if there's no ability to short. You do, because the share price will go down to zero. When that company's got no value, no one's going to purchase the shares on it, which means that that share price will gradually go down to zero and then that company is gone because there is no value in that company. Like, being, being, all I'm saying is people who are very good and in the business of making money will make money wherever they can. For sure. If they can make money in the destruction of a business, they will, they will put their funds there to make that money. If they can't, they will put it somewhere else to make money elsewhere, which could be in positive growth, which as a capitalist society, which is based on that, mm. I think is a positive thing for everyone. I don't disagree with, I don't disagree with... So what you're saying is correct, mm-hmm. but it's also limiting to the concept of a free market. And I think you're missing the point of having a business that's going to fail, fail fast. 
you don't see the benefit to that. It's like a, it's like a um, an entrepreneur set one up, fall, set, learn, set one up, fall, learn, set one up, fall, learn. Mm-hmm. If you don't have people outside analysts looking at it and going, and people that are sm- far smarter than what the average investor are, mm-hmm. saying, "Ugh, that's not right. Uh, that's not going to work." And this is how uh, this is how much I I value my opinion of their success by applying their liquidity to it. Mm-hmm. You, the, the, you're not going to be any better off. You need to get rid of the ones that don't work and you need to do it faster sooner rather than later. And if someone's going to make money out of it, that's great because where's their money going to go next? The money that they make there is going to go into something. Yeah, but it's I, not pretty. I, I, you're right. I don't actually see the benefit of getting rid of them faster. So you think you think GameStop should just run like a limping, you know, forever? Well, I mean, we've had discussions recently about money and about what's actually important. Yep. And if... If GameStop provides a young person an opportunity to have a stable nine-to-five job, yeah. which they need at that particular time in their lives, then it, it gives a positive function to society. Yeah, but that when that fails, another job is going to open up. Yeah, and it should be allowed to fail on its own. And it should be allowed to have the time to innovate if it's failing. But I believe that if you promote short-selling and therefore the fast destruction of a business that won't work then you don't give people the opportunity to innovate. Mm. And look, GameStop... correct. Well, GameStop might be... Might be uh, uh, not a bad example, but obviously it's the most relevant one at the moment because what we're talking about, yeah. what's in the news. Um, but again, like, you... So market manipulation, illegal. But we've already ascertained that the, the reason why GameStop's uh, destruction was uh, escalated was because the CEO of this hedge fund sure. went out and said... We believe so strongly they're going to fail that we're shorting them by 140%. Yep. And again, I feel like, and we're lucky that they got saved by the Redditors, the Wall Street Bets guys. Uh, and look, they've obviously seen an opportunity to take on Wall Street at this particular point in time. But I feel like if instead of shorting them, you could go out and say, hey, I'm investing all my money in Amazon games because that's the future. Oh, it's all online. We're just going to send it out to you because brick and mortar stores aren't of value anymore, then people can just pull, like they can sell their GameStop shares and they can invest in the thing that's going up and that is a, a positive function on society and will be a benefit to society. It's So the end result's the same, yours is just slower. I Yeah, it is slower. But but the result's the same. I, I don't work, believe work. it is the same because you're giving people the opportunity to actually innovate without the market manipulation that destroys their company. So forget market manipul- manipulation. Okay. Forget that. Because we know that that's wrong, but we know that it happens as a factor of it. So that's a, that's a, that's a constant. Yep. So forget that. What your, your argument is that you should not have short selling. Yes. And what I'm saying is that whether you have it or not, you end up in the same place. But at least with, with short, the function of short selling, it happens faster mm-hmm. and someone makes money out of it. Okay. So from a health perspective, do you think that we should just not treat people for illness? Because we're all going to end up dying at some point. It's just whether or not it's faster or slower. Do you think that someone should be um, sitting in GameStop with no customers? Do you think that's good for their mental health? If they can pay their bills. But you know what a monotonous job's been like. So if you are sitting, if you have to sit in there for, for 10 hours a day yeah. and serve no one, do you think that's good? Well, 
I believe if you're getting paid and it's supporting your goals and objectives, then yes. But then, you, but, but you could get, but you could get that job in the next thing that's going to be better and actually have some growth in it and have some, uh, career progression because this business is more viable than the business you're with. You're with. But again, so a lot of people who are working these jobs are doing it just to pay the bills whilst they're doing something else, whether it's studying or working, and then they'll go on and do that other thing. But afterwards. why can't you can have both? You, you can you get, can't have both. but you can. You get rid of the one that's no good. No, because no, no, no. So let me finish. So you get rid of the job that has got no future. Yep. Okay, and replace it with one that's new, that's got all this additional liquidity um, provided by investors mm-hmm. that does make sense. You put them in there. Now they have um, the ability to move up and still do the stuff on the side. Yeah, but a lot of these things that are new and innovative and moving in the right direction, you need specific qualifications for, you need no, a skill no, set no. for. Like, you need to have an entry level. Yeah, I'm not saying not people. having an entry level. I'm saying create a new job with an entry level. Yeah, no, enter- jobs will be created anyway. Yeah, but later. Yeah, I know. But like, Why not do it sooner? Okay, so, but again, this is exactly what I'm saying about, like, people with illness. You, you're Essentially, you're saying a business with an illness, you shouldn't treat them and allow them to get better. You should just kill them, and then a new business will come along that's better. And it's the exact same thing with human beings. Like, it's the same thing. If you're saying, if, a, if someone gets an illness, it's like a horse that breaks its ankle in the Melbourne Cup. Yep. We shoot them because another horse is going to come mm-hmm. through. You're doing the exact same thing with business, and I don't agree. Like... People should be able to have the opportunity to innovate and to get better. But they do. What, by getting the business liquidated and having to start again from below baseline? No, because no, a lot of people who lose their base. business, when they go, they go bankrupt and they do start below baseline. Like, look at someone who's bankrupt in Australia and try to get a loan to start a new business. Yeah, but, but what you're saying is prop, them, prop those people that don't know how to run a business. No, no. What you're saying is let them... Uh, let a partially free market decide that those people can't are inept at their jobs. No. And what no, I'm saying what is I'm do saying, it earlier. I'm not saying don't prop them up. I'm saying don't shoot them. I'm saying if you've got an ill person, give them the opportunity to get better. Don't just go and shoot them because like, yeah, they're, they're mm, done. I think it's a, I think it's a, I think you're missing the, I think you're missing the point. I think you're missing, yeah, I think the, you're point missing the point of a free market. And this is something that is important. This is the important point out of this. Conversations are important. Mm. The ability to be able to disagree in discourse is mm. important. So notice how we're not yelling, screaming, trying to punch each other, mm. trying to say we're going to kill each other's families because it's the same one, uh, which is what happens online and stuff like that. The, this is this this conversation here to me is a microcosm for uh, social media in in general at the moment, where you are supposed to be allowed to have a conversation with for two sure. differing points of view. And you're, you're allowed to leave that conversation wrong, not, not disagreeing. Yeah. yeah. You can leave this wrong if you like, but like you can, you can agree at the end, you can disagree at the end, but the reality of the situation is that we need to be able to have these conversations sure. because then you guys out there can formulate your own opinions based on what we're saying. And again, it will not be that, you know, you're not going to call us up and go, Hey, I agree or disagree with you, but your choices that you make, which then influence the society that we move into into the future will be, uh, a, a factor of your thoughts from this conversation. So I think that's enough for today. Yes. Uh, thank you everyone very much for joining us and we'll see you next time again.